Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. Wanda is finally in the building. (laughs) Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you for being so kind to wait for the traffic jam. No, I (laughs) I took the wrong turn and I got lost. So here I am. I absolutely, I absolutely get it. I absolutely get it. So we're going to just jump right in because again, I have uh, hopefully uh, someone calling in at 615 uh, to talk Not about yeah some 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 other things for the youth and uh you know obviously some some more important things as well as what we're about to talk about with generational wealth and the eviction diversion program etc so uh you and I talked a little bit or well not we talked um, almost about 45 minutes yesterday uh, about a few things and I was just so like, oh my God, are you serious? Wait a minute. I, I was just so stunned that I said, can we talk about this tomorrow? Because yeah. these are things that uh, you guys may not know and need to know, you know, and uh, uh, or you may know, but don't know what to do. So yeah. I said, you know what? Nope, we're going to come on here and talk about it and maybe, you know, and, and talk to Wanda to see, you know, what's going on and what you can or cannot do. So yeah. I'm gonna let you take over. <laughs> okay, well, thank you. I really enjoyed our conversation last night. And uh, this, the conversation we had is a different way of looking at things because just because somebody calls it something doesn't mean it, it is so. And what I have seen and learned with the diversionary, the diversion program, uh, the eviction diversion program and any other program that's sort of, that is sort of like that, Uh, If you don't do it right, then what you're trying to accomplish, you end up getting the opposite or you end up getting something else uh, that ends up hurting people. And with the eviction diversion program, um, that is still in place even after COVID. And what I want people to realize is that, first of all, if you want to protect the tenants and and keep the rents low or have competition, for these developers, you take care or protect your small landlords. And the eviction diversion program does the exact opposite. There's also factors that should be taken into consideration. And unfortunately, when some of our representatives decide to make decisions, they don't bother to call regular people and ask questions before they make decisions. And then you have a bad outcome. So with the eviction diversion program, telling someone that they have to house someone that's not paying them when many of the smaller landlords have hard money loans is like saying we want you um, or we want to put you in a position to force you to sell your property. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what's happening. If you look at the Pew Foundation um, article for last year, this year, it states that um, the small multi-units from small landlords are up by 30%, mm-hmm. a number we've never seen before. Even though Philadelphia is the number one poorest big city, we are number one in black home ownership because we're resilient. Uh, the people who, who um, traveled from the South to come to the North, they knew one thing for sure, and that was that you needed to own land. If you don't have property, you're not at the table, you're on the menu. 
And with Philadelphia being a poor city, it's the perfect breeding ground for developers to come and take advantage of situations. And we're not saying, or I'm not saying that I don't want to see development. Um, Development can come two ways. It can come by gentrification, the word that we keep hearing, which pretty much to me means you want to build without the consideration or, or including stakeholders that have already been there. Right. Or you can have revitalization where you come in and you develop and you're considering our seniors, our children, the people that have been near two and three generations. And when you're building something, you don't do something ridiculous like say, well, since I built this, now your taxes go up. There's no logical reason for someone's property taxes to go up because something was built beside it. Mm-hmm. If anything, mm-hmm. it should go down because you have more people coming in and you have more people paying taxes and working. And yet they do the opposite specifically to push someone out. It's really sad that someone could spend 30 years paying for a property or more. And the average mortgage is 30 years. And the definition of a mortgage is death clause. And then you still lose the property because you can't keep up with something like taxes. When you know the medium income of a city is only $35,000, then your fines, your fees, your taxes, and everything else should reflect the fact that your medium income is so low. Right. It should also be reflected on how much you get paid as a civil servant or a politician or anything else. Because when you're making six figures and everybody else is barely making it at all, you don't relate to us. Mm -hmm. And when you're making rules and regs because you think you're helping a certain class of people not get evicted, well, when I lose my property, guess what? They go too. So you're helping to speed up gentrification. And this is exactly what you're seeing. Uh, When I um, look at the eviction diversionary program, and I've said it before, um, I look at this as redlining 5.0. And it is definitely a legal way to force small black and brown and yellow landlords in particular to have to sell their property. Then they top it off with a cherry with all the rules and regulations that go along with your license has to be up to date. Your And, and I'm not saying that's wrong. It has to be inspected. Um, your taxes, you have to comply with your taxes. Well, how does a property owner pay their taxes if they're not collecting rent? Right. And if your papers and taxes and everything was paid when the person entered your property and now they're not paying, that stuff should not have to be current for you to do an eviction. Without that money coming in from that tenant, they know damn well you're going to lose your property. Right. Right. And so many of us have hard money loans. So we didn't get the luxury of saying, oh, well, we get to put these payments to the back end. Right. COVID was designed just for what you saw happen and caused the 30 percent of um, increase in sales to redistribution of wealth. That's what COVID was really about. And this is what um, knowingly or unknowingly, many of our city council people are allowing to happen. And I have to start questioning their motives. We're the ones to vote them in. Yes, we don't pay for your campaign, um, pol- your campaign, you know, whatever the commercials and everything like that. But mm-hmm. you can't get in office without us voting for you. Yep. And unfortunately, once they're in office, they tend to seem to do what their campaign uh, contributors want done. And that's usually the developers and the investors. So why can't you be 
fair to both parties that support you, the campaign contributors, which I don't really give a darn about, but um, definitely your constituents, your seniors, your children. And that's not what's being done. Everything is contingent on generational wealth. And I, I know that sounds like, wow, because I know I talk a lot, but it's that important. Is that important to me? Is that important to our community? Is that important to our future? You don't do not have anything to build on. If we're seven generations behind and 400 years behind and the average uh, wealth gap between a black family and a white family, I think is. And help me out with this one, Roxy. I forget this number, but is it something like one hundred and seventy some thousand dollars? The 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 the, the um, wealth gap for a black family versus a white family. And if you break that down, what you will notice is the white family owns their home, mm-hmm, you know, right. and may have owned a home for a generation or two. We don't have that. And uh, when I went to city council last Thursday and the Thursday before, what I saw is a bunch of properties being rattled off and being given away just like popcorn to the Philadelphia Housing Authority. And I'm not impressed because whether it's the public developer, Philadelphia Housing Department, or a private developer, you're giving away stuff that's in the land bank that got there because someone didn't pay their taxes or the water bill or tangled title. So why can't you give the family a chance to get that property back? You know, generational wealth, once again, the new housing programs, I'm not impressed. The houses are, are cheap. They're twice the amount that you should be paying. The interest rate is up. You don't have equity in a house until like maybe the 10th, 12th year. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, if you have grandmom's house, you have equity right away right. that you can build on. And it means a lot to be able to pass something down to your, your family. And so we don't need more affordable housing. We need jobs and, and, and our kids to be educated so we can afford the house that we really want. And it's a difference in mindset. One, you're a renter forever. And the other one, you're an owner and you're a stakeholder. Yeah. Now I wanted to so, jump uh, in real quick and tell you now, I don't, yes. I'm, I tried to pull it up for 2023 uh, and, and it's not pulling up, but I'll, it'll just 2022 will show you enough. So the, the median wealth gap in, in 2022, Asian families, it's 536,000 white wow. families. It's 285,000. Hispanic mm-hmm. is 61,600. Mm. Black is 44,900. So Roxy, from black to this? from black to white, you know what I mean? That's uh, we're even we're even we're way less than half. Of, wow. So of, I was yeah. way off. I don't I read. I'm glad you said because you're talking 40,000 versus the white family. That's at what? 285,000. People. Yeah. So when I when but, I but look at the Asian families is five hundred and thirty six because yeah. you know they will they have you live at home until you get yeah. married. So if it's ten of us in this they house, they have the uh, yep they have the house set up. You know, I mean look look at it. You know, and then what do they do? They they have businesses. They have their kids work there. They you know what I mean. Yeah. So then they look this. That's what they do. And man, our kids don't. I don't want to work for my mom. I don't want to do this. I don't want to be I in here. Disagreement with it, my daughter. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. I that's mean, people it. don't even realize that you know, uh, you know, when we talk about we were talking about proms and and things like that and spending money yes, on these big night. things because that's what uh, we 
tend to do right now. And I'm not telling you what to do with your money. I'm, I'm truly not do what you do. You know what I mean? But it's like you spend, you're spending thousands of dollars because the dress you're, you're buying is at least 1500 these days. That's, that's what they're, that's More what they're that. doing. You know? Yeah. So you're spending thousands of dollars when you can buy them uh, a McDonald's franchise. Yes, 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 yes. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know you what I mean? You understand. Right. It's really, Where they can really own a McDonald's. Nobody said they have to, quote unquote, work there. You know what I mean? They have to make their presence known, but yeah. they would own that. Do you know how much income that is coming? Girl, okay. Well, M McDonald's is the place to go anyway, because I try to explain to young men on the corner. I said, uh, McDonald's, you'll make more money at McDonald's than you will standing on the corner. Plus, you get benefits. They'll pay for classes. You're not getting shot at and you can close both eyes at night. Yep. But they don't understand the numbers a lot of times. And our kids, you got to remember, the literacy rate is 40 percent in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. So half of them can't read. You know, um, I'm planning in the future, in the very near future, to open an office to help, you know, different people in the community with just simple things, filling out an application, a college application, a job application. Maybe you want to go to the police academy or to the Air Force, you know, help seniors file complaints. I love my seniors. I'm, I'm working with a lady, Miss um, Bailey, and I hope that she's listening tonight. Um, I didn't tell her I was going to be on. I didn't get a chance, but I spoke with her two nights ago because I met her at the 46th Street um, Baptist Church. And she came up to me complaining about um, Motocare, Motive Care. It's a car service uh, that actually has her standing out in the cold or any weather four fifteen in the morning um, till uh, and so, and they won't even give her a courtesy call to say hey we're five or ten minutes away so sometimes she's standing out there an hour before they pick her up you know for oh, something no. in the morning for dialysis oh no, no three no, times no. a week nope you know and that's just just unbelievable to me and and to have a service do something like this. And she actually was attacked one of the days that right. she was out there. Yeah. So I I'm wouldn't like, doubt are it. Yeah. Curious? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but, um, I know we got to, we really uh, need our help. They our, do. Our we talked, I talked about that. Me I heard, and, I heard. Yeah. Yes, and I me and you are going to get together. Absolutely We're right. going to get together and, and, and get a plan together. Cause I'm definitely all for that. But, um, with this generational wealth, like, like you said, uh, it, it's very, it's, it, it, it's very, very important. And, uh, Tracy McCall Gordon said it's motive care, M O D I V. Um, yes, yes. Yeah. and I hope someone's listening. You all are horrible to our seniors. And I actually met a senior last night when I, I called in, I told you I was coming, excuse me. Yeah. I just popped into the conversation cause I'm coming from my doctor about my knee. And it was a lady sitting there in the wheelchair waiting and she was calling and calling. And when I went up and came back down, she was still there. So I'm like, come on, you can't leave seniors out like this. Right. And guess what? The reason, the other reason I'm so passionate about my, uh, my seniors, because first of all, I was raised right. I had two parents. And I had punishments and beatings. And so I, I grew up with a thing called respect. Right. Um, something we need more of. But our seniors are literally, really our secret sauce. We're not going to be able to even win a battle or a war or even be, like I said, at the table if we don't start respecting our seniors because our seniors are the ones that are holding the majority 
of the generational wealth that's being snatched and stolen from them. And then they go to a senior home. They couldn't keep a hold of the house because their kids and their grandkids aren't coming to check on them. Yep. They're not saying, okay, well, now mom is at a certain age or, or grandmom and granddad's at a certain It's my my responsibility mm-hmm. to make sure I pick up the phone a couple of times a week. Yeah. And it's my it's my responsibility to go by there once a week. And we should all get together and have a, a parent plan or a grandparent plan where you fix this and I fix that and I check on this. And my parents never even had to go to a doctor's visit or anything um, by themselves by the time, you know, I was out of college and had my first couple of, I moved them above me and I made it my business to work at night um, so I could be there in the daytime to do the things that my other siblings um, did not want to do or nobody else would do. Yeah. And the other thing is too, was not going to allow them to be attacked. Right. And with the housing thing, you know, as far as like, like you said uh, a few minutes ago, you know, checking on them and everything. And then also checking, ask, you know, there has to be one. Now, you know, with me, I'm an only child, but there has to be one that asks the grandparents, you know what I mean? As far as whose name is the house in, let's have a deep conversation. You yeah. know what I mean? Is it in you or Pop-Pop's name? You know, well, it's in Pop-Pop's name. Well, he's passed. We've got to make some changes, you know, right. because like you said, when we spoke last night, then you end up with a tangled, a tangled title. title. We've got to take a quick break. It's WURD, Progressive Black Talk Media. This is Evening Words. I'm Roxy Fab, and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Evening Words on WURD, Progressive Black Talk Media. Hey, welcome back to Evening Words. I'm Roxy Fab, and we've been talking to Wanda Walker and uh, we're going to just jump right back. <laughs> we're talking about generational wealth and I had brought up that um, if, if, if you if you have if, if you still have your your grandparents around excuse me it's time for someone to make sure and have a conversation with them whether it's their kids or their grandkids so if it's you to have a conversation with them about who's on the deed to their house. Because yeah. if someone's passed, you know, so my, uh, give you an example, my grandfather passed in 75. Okay. So, uh, him and my grandmother, no, his name is on the deed, not my grandmother's. All right. So this isn't something that we knew. My grandmother was still alive, et cetera, et cetera. Well, she died in 2016. She was 97. All right. We yeah. find this out after the fact. All right. So, you know, and then sometimes you have families that don't get along, you know, so it's it's just like if you've got, you know, I'm going to make a scenario up. If you've got two brothers and and three sisters or whatever the case may be, you, you know, you guys may not be talking and it's like, okay, so then who's going to do what? And then you've got to go get a lawyer you know, file mm. for file to be the executor. $9,000. Right. File to be the executor. Send a letter to each of your siblings and see if they want to contest it. If they, and it's a process, you know, and, and oh, it's really God. a big deal to have these conversations. Now I will say in my, in my case with my parents, I'm an only child. I am going to add my name to theirs because I've got the state involved with my father's care and things like that. And I, I'm not going to have the house taken, you know, and they, can't take yes. it as long as somebody's living in it and still alive. And again, that would be my mother. You know what I mean? So, I, but, and she's on the deed, but I'm like, ah, eh, 
I'm going to add me instead. And don't get me wrong. That's what these, some of these companies were telling me to do anyway. So, you know, I'm going to add that because we all know that if they, uh, what is it? If they leave me the house and I quote unquote inherit it, then I've got to pay inherited taxes. Yes, you know, yes. and that's why people, if you didn't see, if you're not on social media or if you're, if you are, then you saw a video of a guy who made, he said, Hey, have your people leave it in a trust, yes. you know? So there's ways to get around that. And I said, ah, I'm going to put me on the deed, you know? Yes. And so there's, it's a conversation to be had. So these things don't happen and you can have some way of, you know, generational wealth because then I'll own my home and I'll own their home. You know, and then when I go, my kids will own it. You know, it's it's a way. It's a way. And and Tracy Gordon did a wonderful job. I don't care what anyone says. Uh, she was literally like the superwoman of um, every community and every person, red, black, white, brown or other uh, that was fighting against these tangled titles. She was literally going now. I, we've never seen the person before Tracy Gordon and she's our register wills mm-hmm. uh, was in position for 40 years. That should scare you all. Somebody held a position for 40 years. Yeah. yeah. And this was the way, the best way and the most popular way for developers to come into Philadelphia and buy up blocks because of t- tangled titles. Mm-hmm. Tracy came in there and she not only was she. Uh, she has um, redone the records in, in which they are now um, computerized or something, because God forbid if that building had burned down. Um, but right. then she turned around and she was going to nursing homes, um, senior homes and teaching, taking the time to teach and tell people about here. This is how you do it. And she even put together a packet with a will in the back that you fill out and whatever she tells you, go see a professional. But hey, if you have to do what what Patty, ja- um, not Patty Jackson, um, Aretha Franklin did, which was write the, the will or whatever, and then they found it in the couch, by all means, this is how you do it. Mm-hmm. And so when you don't have those tangled titles, they're not going to the land bank. And when they're not going to the land bank and the sheriff's sale, then people aren't buying up our communities that way. Yeah. And if, my thing is, if they can give these properties to PHA, why can't you set up a program that says, hey, we're going to give the family a second chance to redeem themselves since we know this is an issue, particularly with black generational wealth mm-hmm. for whatever reason. You know, our grandmother thinks she can say, hey, when I die, you get the property. Right. Then she can, right. Doesn't. And a lot of times they just don't know. They don't know. You know, yep. ignorance is an excuse, but you can't expect somebody to be on your level if they're 400 years behind. Right. So and they, you like have you said, to make they don't know. Concessions. They don't know. And they it's not. Make some concessions. Yeah. And, 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 and council so men many, and women are not telling them exactly. that, you know, that this, that's, that's this, this is what should be done. You know what I mean? I have someone yeah. on our Facebook live page. Uh, Dean Henderson said that that happened to my friend in New York. Her grandmother passed while she was living in the house. Someone actually stole the house and evicted her and she had to move into yeah. a shelter. And that's what can happen. You I've, know, if I've your name is not on that deed, that it's a done deal. Yeah. So, we, yeah, we've got to make sure that the proper person's name is on the deed, because if your grandparents lived in that house and you were living there, it's not your house. Just because she died and said this is yours, it's not yours. You know, and, and there's there some ways to get around that. They act like deed fraud is such a hard thing to stop. First of all, 
take the time to spend the, I think it is something less than $250. No, it's not even that much. Um, what is it? Because I have, the, the, do the title lock. Do the title lock is worth it. I, I think it's like less than $200 a year. It's like $19 a month or something. Do the title lock. Because then the minute someone tries to do anything with your property, you're notified. Mm. But there are extra steps that the city could do as far as your your um people who are the notary, where they could have special numbers. And before de- deal goes down, they have to call into um, a, a computerized system and put in their their personal code and then put in the code of the deal that's happening. And they could give stipulations like before you sell a property, this property, just like when it's lost on sheriff sale, if someone contests this within the next year or two, then uh, you might find yourself in court. That would stop people from just trying to buy just anything and everything. Because I believe a lot of times the buyers know something's just not right. And definitely uh, the notary and the other people, those middle people, they know what they're doing is wrong. Mm -hmm. And you would be surprised how many people are swindled out of property from friends and family. So it's not just strangers. Yeah, it's definitely not just strangers. You know, that that's how it that's how it really happens. People always say for a developer. Yeah, you you froze a little. You froze a little bit. Yeah, exactly. So it's coming all sorts of ways. Our seniors really need to be protected. Without them, we don't have a, a, a chance at the table or even being in the room for real, because that's where a large majority of our generational wealth lies, that we don't have to answer to anybody. And I try to explain to people, you have a mortgage for 30 years, you don't get equity to the 10th, 12th year with these prices and interest rates. And even then, when you go to get some money, you don't, you're not guaranteed to get your own darn money because you still have to have a viable job and a particular credit score. Yeah. So you could be screwed out of that. Meanwhile, if something's already paid for, you're in the driver's seat. So we need to think about that. And what breaks my heart is to see so many beautiful black people in position of authority, city council and, and otherwise, where they know what's going on. And then they don't come together and say, hey, I'm not going to let this happen on my watch. And they actually sign on to this nonsense. Yeah. And they're OK with it because they think so many of us out here don't know what's going on. And that's why I talk as much as I talk. Yeah, They might not know. But by the time you hear my voice, they'll all know what you're not doing because you're supposed to be our gatekeeper. You're supposed to be our first line of defense and you're not doing your damn job. We don't want turkeys and book bags. We want jobs and we want access and we want our, our generational wealth to be protected. And when you come up with a bill called the tenants rights bill, which makes no sense, ask 10 landlords and, and see what they say about the eviction diversionary program. Don't take my word. Ask another 10 landlords what they think about the tenants rights bill that was passed right after a tenant threatened me with a gun three times and pulled the gun on me oh, last year. Yeah, hold and that that's thought. not the first time. Hold that thought, Wanda. Oh, my goodness. See, yeah, it's those type of things that is not protecting you at all. It's WURD Progressive Black Talk Media, 96.1 FM, 900 AM and always online. It's Evening Words. I'm Roxy Fab. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Evening Words on WURD, Progressive Black Talk Media. 
Welcome back to Evening Words. I'm Roxy Fab, and we're chatting with Wanda Walker about different things, but especially generational wealth. We touched on some senior moments for a second. And now we've been talking about generational wealth. And uh, first, I wanted to also say that, and I didn't say it, and I apologize. Good evening to everyone watching on Facebook Live, our Facebook pages, Word Radio. So I love for you to follow it and check out everyone's show all day long. All right. So Wanda, so you said uh, a tenant pulled a gun? Yes. (laughs) And it's not the first time, honestly. But this is the city that we're in because it's a lawless city. And when you pass rules and regulations and things like eviction diversion program, where they think that they don't have to pay rent and they can stay. And and there's ways to do all of these, like the tenants rights bill. Perfect example. Um, Now, in the tenants rights bill, from my understanding, they did not want landlords to have the right to look at someone's past evictions. That's crazy. Crazy. So how do you, when you go to buy a house, you have to jump through all these hoops, blah, blah, blah. But now you, the renter, you don't have to do any of this stuff. And when I asked the person who passed this bill or was really behind it and pushing it was Kendra Brooks Mack. She said, well, I said, what's going to happen is now you're going to force the landlord to look at things like a credit score and the money that they make. Right. And the people don't even understand the calculations for going in, whether or not you're accepted or not, is whatever you make per week is what you qualify for an apartment. So you tell me how many people do you know that at least make $800 a week, mm-hmm. you know, or more per week. And so if we know the medium income is 35000 a year. We know they're not making 800 a week. It's more like uh, six or seven or even less than that. And so when you see someone whose income's not exactly what it needs to be for the apartment, but you can look and see they've never had any evictions, you know that they have their priorities in perspective and they're responsible. Mm -hmm. People don't use eviction as a way to necessarily deny. A lot of us use it to accept someone who is low income, who doesn't have a bad credit score. I've been doing rentals for uh, almost 30 years straight out of college, and I never used anybody's credit score because wow. I had bad credit myself and I knew how easy it was. And all I cared was that you had a job and the income. I've literally um, given people apartments that have been out of jail two weeks, just got out of jail. As long as you have a job, I don't care about your credit score. However, I do damn care about your eviction <laughs> right. because it shows a pattern. And so by taking that away, you scare landlords even more, particularly after this eviction diversionary program that has multi-units up by 30% for sale. And remember during COVID, we had over 30,000 people leave and displaced in Philadelphia. So, and these aren't my numbers I'm pulling out of the air. They're right in the report for Pew. Mm -hmm. So I would like to know out of those 30,000 that left, how many were property owners? Right. You know, so when you when you take away something now, what you have are landlords that are afraid. So now they're doing what you see in New York. Just keep it empty. I'll claim the loss, the full amount. And now I don't have to worry about the headache. So now you made the situation. And then the other thing is now the landlords are going to professional uh, companies that do the background checks and saying, 
run a full background check, criminal and everything. Yep. So you just made the situation worse. I had this conversation. No one listened. And now this is what we have. And everyone's trying to convince landlords now. Oh, well, we have this new program and now we're going to even pay for the repairs they've been doing the last 30 years that we wouldn't pay for. We're not eating that. We're, we're not drinking the Kool-Aid until they come up with a landlord safety bill and until they come up with a universal lease. Uh, a lot of landlords are going to just hold on to those vacancies and keep doing what they're doing. I'd rather have an empty apartment than take a chance on another bad tenant. And they've created a, a whole underbelly of tenants that literally look to do these types of games and things. Yeah, there was you a know, guy who had an Airbnb um, and I'm, did you hear in the, and the tenant wouldn't yes. leave and wouldn't leave. yeah. And that lasted for so long. 500 and some days. That's the guy out that he was a doctor and his Airbnb, I think was out in California or something. You've had several incidences like that um, here in Philadelphia. Matter of fact, let's just go into the squat- squatters right bill where uh, uh, David O himself tried to present a squatter's right bill where you could have a squatter out in 10 days and it was shot down. So you mean someone can literally break into your home while you're on vacation or break into a building that might not be occupied or a unit that's not occupied. It's yours. You're paying taxes. And then you call the cops. They can't tell them show proof of lease or billing your name or or the landlord can't say, hey, this person and they get to stay. And if by chance they say that they've been sexually abused or something and then you try to get them out, they have a right to sue you. So isn't that literally rewarding criminals and giving criminals the green light to uh, literally do exactly what this new squatters bill, from my understanding, which was pushed through by um, our mayor, Sherelle Parker. So I'm not understanding. David wanted to give them out in 10 days and then they make a bill stronger so that the squatters can stay. And when you don't have a lease, you can't do an eviction on a tenant. So that automatically takes you into injectments. Ejectments, I think, start at $3,500. So make it make sense. Like you're rewarding bad behavior. There's no way in the world. And I don't believe the same rules and regs uh, cover all of Philadelphia, because I bet if you go up in the Northeast, and break into anything abandoned or someone else's house and and think that you're going to stay. All of a sudden, those cops up there know exactly what to do. And right. it doesn't become an issue. So it's right. always this black on black yep. type of crime and nonsense that's going on. And it's being pushed by, again, our beautiful black representatives that either don't know any better or don't give a damn. But somebody has to speak up and say, hey, it's not OK what you're doing. You're in a position to stop this. And you're actually creating things that cause conflict, that cause crime and cause a problem and cause a family to lose generational wealth. Yeah, like all the COVID, I had to so buying cars, yeah. buying cars, going on vacation. I had to give back a car. My, my son, who's a straight A student, I had to literally tell my son, I can't pay your tuition because I have tenants not paying rent. Yep. Yeah. I'm not making this up. You know, and I don't have a problem telling the truth because I want people to understand this isn't pretty. It's not easy. We're under attack. Anybody who's trying to do better for themselves, they don't seem to really want to see us do better. It's like we want you in this position of total servitude where you're always with your hand out begging and happy to get a turkey or a book bag. That's not how my parents raised me. I want you to get out of my way. Stop making things difficult. Let me go get what I have to do. 
to finish the assignment that my father gave me so I can build something and a legacy that goes on even after I'm not here. And I, I see the more and more we get these politicians in here, particularly the ones that look like us, particularly Democrats, they've been in position 72 years, right. you know, and right. we're, we've been on the poor list. Uh, number one big city poor list for 30 years. So all you have to do is go back 30. Who was in position? Who's still in position? And now we're the number one poorest big city. So make it make sense. You all keep voting the same way. And I'm not saying I'm in love with any other party. Let's get that right. Right. And I don't I don't (laughs) understand the working family party at all yet, because it seems like they want things that they don't even want to work for at the expense of middle class. Right. But my thing is, can we, the predominantly black middle class people that are losing everything and working really hard, start voting strategically, start voting for character, start looking at the facts and stop voting for color and turkeys? You know, this isn't making any sense. Yeah. And it's just so much more that's going on. And I'm just so disappointed that, you know, the more and more we see to make strive for that looks like we're doing something the more we're sliding back and the more we're losing. And it's our people that are doing it to us. Yeah, it's sad that, in my opinion, it's sad that when you have people who uh, won't won't pay rent and and don't have to leave, you know, it's it's sad that that's one. No, nobody lives for free. You know, that's number one. And, And two, it's sad that that they have rights you know, but the landlord doesn't, you know, the, the yeah. Airbnb guy that I was uh, talking about, uh, it was in Brentwood, California, you know, and this person lived in their property for over a year and refused to leave or pay. Okay. And yeah. her stay ended April, 2022. All right. And she, again, she's been living there rent-free and she wants him to she wanted him to pay her a relocation fee of a hundred thousand dollars. Like you know, 40th Street. Right. And the bottom line is, is that she probably she probably almost hit a hundred thousand dollars for a Brentwood, California Airbnb, you know, and it's it's extortion. It is. And and the uh with the approval of 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 our politicians. Yeah. And these the, people can't act up until they get the green light, the rules and the regs, and they know them better than me and you. And then when someone is like literally saying, Hey, I know that this politician made it where I can do this, yep. I literally had a crackhead tell me this this summer. He's like, Hey, um, I broke in here and the lady's gonna I said, I thought you were across the street last year. He said, Yeah, I got them to pay me. $3,000 to move. And now this lady's going to pay me. I was like, no, that's not going to happen. That's not what's going to happen. Wow. You know, I'm the block captain. I'm, I don't even want you here. You know, this is not what's going to happen. And, but they're literally, this guy was literally stating and citing yeah. the rules and the rent, like the law that the politicians put in place. Who would dare make something where you can break into someone's property and they have to go through an ejectment to get you out? Point blank, you're trespassing. Right. And then there's other Who's things that they black can in the white neighborhood. There's other things that they can get away with because in the again, I know it's California, but it's still it it's still, you know, reams true that this particular person, uh, her lawyer said that she wasn't required to pay rent because the city never approved the unit for occupancy. All right. And that uh he had a shower constructed without a permit. 
And because right, of those right. code violations, the city determined yeah. that the guy could not evict her, whom he claims won't let him into the unit to bring it up to code. Right. You know, so yeah, so she she doesn't have to let him in the unit yep. that he owns been living yep. there rent free. You know what I mean? Like, can you just imagine? And and it takes and I got to say it, it takes a smart person who knows how to manipulate the system like that. That was ridiculous. They know how to look that information up. Matter yep. of fact, I think a city council, someone did pass something where you can't just put someone's name in and see everything they own because people were actually seeking out small landlords. Yep. And this this is what was going on in Philly. And instead of someone coming to taking the time to talk to 10 or 20 small landlords or having a I'm going to have a fundraiser for myself and I want small business and small landlords to come so I can talk to you or not be a fundraiser. It could be a cookout. It doesn't matter. Right. But to say, hey, I spoke with HAPCO and they said HAPCO doesn't represent us. Right. They really don't. And we're the ones that will house the low income and underprivileged people that nobody else wants to house. So why would you, if you're really trying to help those people, do anything to hurt the one person that is trying to help them also? It's almost like you're a double agent. Mm -hmm. I see them for mm -hmm. what they are, but other people don't see them. You're not really trying to help them. You're trying to put them against me so that I lose my property. And I then, once I'm out and I'm losing generational wealth, the new person coming in isn't going to rent to you either. So now you're speeding up gentrification. And when I tell you this is redlining, because when a tenant loses an apartment or gets evicted, they can go to a shelter. <laughs> when a landlord loses a property, you don't get to go anyplace. They don't hold and say, well, get yourself together and come back and we'll have something for you. You've lost that generational wealth forever. Mm -hmm. And something that you worked 20, 30 years for could be gone in a couple of months playing around with city council. Yeah. You know, and and when you see who's getting the properties once you lose it, it doesn't take an, an Einstein to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing certain things. You're doing these things in certain areas where gentrification is taking place. And these developers want these properties. And these are the same developers who have made campaign contributions. So now you're giving them the pick of the lots and everything else <clears throat> at the expense of the community. And yes, we might not have the money the developers have, but it's because we have people like you that keep selling us out. Yeah. That's why I would yep. love to be able to put up a 50 unit just like Kim Weinstein, but I can't, I don't have access to that type of money. I can't go to the bank or anything else. And after 30 years of being in real estate and working two jobs for 10 years, I don't have the access. Mm -hmm. So why can't I even stay in my own community? I can't develop it. I can't access the loans. If I want a loan, I have to go to a hard money lender. And the minute I can't pay a mortgage for three months, they're calling in the note. Absolutely. And this is what has happened to me. I went through this right before COVID. It was almost like it was planned perfectly. Like my hard money lenders already knew what was coming down the pike. And if you watch that new movie that's out, um, Already Gone or something, someone was telling me about, I watched it. I forgot the uh, Let's Go or something where the family is at, at Airbnb and something goes wrong and the planes are coming out of the sky and and the electrical cars are driving. It's a new Netflix or something. Okay. But it, what I experienced was it was almost like the hard money lenders already knew that COVID was coming. Mm -hmm. And they were just salivating and waiting 
to snatch um, two of my properties. And that's a whole nother story that I can tell you. But this really does go on. And if it can happen to me, someone who is a definite fighter and someone that will go to the top of the mountain to tell the story, imagine what's happening to the other people. Right. You know, and I I feel I have a girlfriend, Zahira, who asked me, she said, Wanda, why do you always talk about um, your your failures and, and the problems you've gone through because you have um, so much and you have this going on and you have the daycare and you have a couple. I said, because I don't want anybody to ever think it's easy when it's this much corruption going on. Right. And I don't Absolutely. Want you have to, to ever... pass yeah, everything you go through. Right. You got to pass right. it on so people know. It's not like, yeah, you know, I don't I'm, want you to yeah, I'm not whining thing. and complaining. I'm letting you know what I went through. You know what I mean? So, you know, the next if you go through this, you know what to look out for and what not to do exactly. and, and what not to to deal with. You know what I mean? Exactly. You, you, you and that's a big deal. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah. We don't have our um, we don't have support systems that ever other people do. Yeah. And they're saying that by 2050, 90 percent of black people won't own anything and they'll be happy. So what does that sound like to, to you? Welfare. Here's a uh, Section 8 house that looks like a condo. Wow. A condo. I don't desire to want anything else. So why should I even try? You know, meanwhile, once you have the land, you can move people any way you want to. Mm-hmm. Monopoly is very important. Rich dad, poor dad speaks about it. There's not enough things to say about how important generational wealth is, how disappointed I am. And a lot of our politicians where they're not trying to do anything to protect these seniors, to pe- protect generational wealth, to really help build up small businesses. Yeah, you have a program like Power Up, but at the end of Power Up, where are the bank loans? Where are the business loans at a particular interest rate that's, you know, pretty much guaranteed? People can come over here and they're getting the loans to open up the store and blah, 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 and blah. And we have to go through loops and everything else. And then the other thing is when you're doing things like these rules and regs, they create a whole group of and class of people who really don't want anything because you made it easy for them to not do anything and still have. So it's, it's just this whole thing that they keep doing um, with policy is just getting worse and worse. And I have to say, we have to start um, and voting's only a part of it. We have to start voting strategically where it's not about who you like, but it's about what agenda they're pushing and then start voting people out because they're either doing nothing or doing the wrong thing. Always. I, I always say that here. Say, yeah, yeah, I, I always like say that here that we have to, to represent. Me. Right. We have to make sure that we're we're, we're voting in, you know, again, not who we like, not who we hang out with, not who's cool, not who, you know, is giving free food and doing this and doing that. It's not, it's, it's, it's not about that. You know, while we may like what they're doing in the community, are they good for the job they're quote unquote applying for? Are they a good fit for that job? Because we get to control whether they get that job or not, you know, and we're making wrong decisions putting the incorrect people in place. And then it's like, okay, well, you thought they were going to do this. And I always say, hold people accountable. accountable. If they say I'm going to do A, B, C, D, and E when I get in office, then you better hold them accountable 
for A, B, C, D, and E. Wanda, I got about one minute left with you before I got to let you go as well as go to commercial break. Uh, But I definitely want us to get together again so we can talk about the trafficking that's going on in Philadelphia and, uh, you know, and and what we can do. So we're going to talk about that with Wanda tomorrow. Um, even though I know I got a lot of holiday stuff going on tomorrow, but we're going to squeeze that in there uh, after I talk about safety and, and what we should be doing in reference to uh, Christmas and things like that. I'm going to try to thank squeeze that so in much. the middle. So Wanda, no, I thank you. I appreciate you. I know everyone, everyone is, uh, was, was taking notes. They said that you were dropping some gems. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, get involved. Yes. Get, do one thing, grab a kid, mentor them, Go to a, a community meeting at least once a month. Get involved. Remember, we have a reparations program coming up. Um, Rashawn Williams is heading that. Um, and it's rep, rep215.com. Go on there and see where you might be able to fit in and help um, move that along. And that would be wonderful. Thank you very much. I look forward to speaking um, uh, speaking and, and talking with you tomorrow. Absolutely. I really appreciate What's it called? I Rep- really, really do. Tell me what it's it was. Rep- R- R- like reparations, uh-huh. R-E-P 215.com. Okay. We're going to check okay. that out as and well. This is, yep. this, you have a chance to be in the history books behind this. Like literally the people who are going to be on this task force are going to be the people that make a difference and you're going to have a spot in history. So if you have something to offer and um, Rashawn's probably going to pick several people for several different teams, but this is going to be something um, that I look forward to being a part of. And we're going to do it better, much, much better than California. Yes, we are. That have come before us. Yes, we are from there successes and their failures. Yep. All right, Wanda. Yep. I thank you you so much. And I I look forward to speaking with you tomorrow. I will definitely get with you and let you know the specific time and we'll work it all out. Thank you again. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM and online at wordradio.com. 